Art, Space, and Dr. Cyan Proctor. You're listening to Are We There Yet? The radio show exploring space exploration. Hi, I'm Brendan Byrne. Dr. Cyan Proctor was one of four civilians to head to space last year thanks to SpaceX's Crew Dragon capsule. The mission, called Inspiration 4, sent the crew on a three-day orbital trip and back. Those of us here on Earth were able to follow along with the crew through a documentary airing in near real time on Netflix. Dr. Proctor was the pilot of that mission, becoming the first black woman to pilot a spacecraft. In her downtime, she took to art, bringing a set of watercolors to space and writing poetry. Her interest in art had only just begun, but thanks to the mission, she took it to new heights. We'll speak with Dr. Proctor about where she found her inspiration for art and what she hopes to accomplish by sharing her work with the world. That's ahead on Are We There Yet? here on WMFE, America's Space Station. Geologist, pilot, educator, communicator, astronaut. Dr. Proctor sure does have a lot of titles these days, and after a trip to orbit last year, she can add one more, orbital artist. She was one of four to head to space on SpaceX's Inspiration4 mission, a private mission which aimed to raise money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Dr. Proctor won her seat on the mission partly through her art, a hobby she had only recently picked up. She took that hobby to space and hopes to bridge the gap between art and science. She joins us now to talk about her experience in space and what inspires her to create. Dr. Proctor, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So, Dr. Proctor, um, I'm wondering if you can even answer this question. Which came first, your fascination with science or art? Oh, definitely science. I was exploring as a kid early on. My dad was a self-taught you know, scientist and, and he just encouraged me to go out there. Uh, tell me a little bit about your, your science background. You're, you're a geologist. Um, what kind of path did that take you on? Yeah. So I have my undergrad is environmental science. My master's is in geology and my PhD is in science education. And I've always just loved to travel and to be out hiking and looking at rocks and, uh, just exploring how earth processes work. But I fell in love with teaching when I went, was, was in grad school. And so I knew that I wanted to be a college professor and inspire other people to love our planet just as much as I do. We all followed along on your journey um, with Inspiration4. Thank you for bringing us there. When did the art kind of happen, though? I mean, we, we got some insight into your art when you were on orbit, but I'm, I'm assuming that it happened before that, right? It did, but it's funny. As a kid, you know, they they track you either as a science person or an art person. They they don't like to meld those things together, even though they're inherently entwined. Um, but I was always the kid who loved going by art stores and paper stores, and I'd be looking in and thinking, "Wow, one day I want to cross over into that boundary." And uh, and then. COVID happened in 2020, and my favorite thing to do, which is travel, was taken away from me. And so I found myself stuck at home, and instead of like baking like a lot of people did and cooking and quilting, I decided that I would try becoming an artist and, and a poet. And so I started making collage art because I was like, I can't draw, but I can cut out pieces and stick them together. <laughs> so I started as a collage artist, and people loved it. 
And so I thought, well, maybe I can paint. And so then I bought some paints and started doing watercolors and then line drawings. And, and it just kind of took off from there. And how did that science background help with art, if, if anything? Well, I think the big thing is it, it helped with kind of thinking about what my messaging is. And so I have a couple of my characters that I kind of incorporate into my art. Um, I'm an Afrofuturist artist, so I'm thinking about the future of humanity from a Afrocentric lens and, you know, and particularly women of color. But like I have my Afronaut and that definitely kind of represents um, you know, uh, people of color in, in space. And I also have my Afrobotica character, which is a lot about how, how will we go to space? Will we need to be augmented in some fashion? You know, will we have, you know, robotic parts and pieces to help us survive in the harshness of space, particularly when we start thinking about long duration and interstellar and those kinds of things. Um, then I have my Afro Gaia character and, and that's mother earth and from a geoscientist and, you know, we are impacting our planet and, and she's watching. Let's talk a little bit about Afrofuturism. Can, can you describe it to our listeners who may not be familiar with Afrofuturism? Yeah. Afrofuturism is really thinking about the future, but from this um, Afrocentric lens, and and what that means is, you know, how has um, how has society, the past of society, um, had impacted people of color? But then, how can we flip that and make it better for the future? Um, it, and so, really, it's about looking at black culture and contributions, um, how they will continue to grow, uh, and in ways of inspiring. I come at it from a, an inspirational point of view of thinking that through art and through the arts, we can influence the future of, of, you know, people of color and particularly African-Americans and people out of Africa, but we're all out of Africa. And so that's part of my Afro Gaia is looking at the fact that mother earth is, you know, from that African lens where we all originated. When you create these characters and um, like your Afronaut and Afro Gaia and and you're drawing them or writing about them, how important is equity and inclusion um, when we do look towards the future? And and why is that important for you to highlight with with these particular characters? It to me, it's everything. I think that the one thing that we can do is strive for what I call a Jedi space, a just, equitable, diverse, and inclusive space for all of humanity. Because we get, it's the first time where we get to write the narrative of human spaceflight. You know, um, and you can think of space as almost like a, a clean slate. We've had fifty years out there, um, but what what do we really want to strive for? And for me, it's that Star Trek generation. You know, where we boldly go, but we go together as um, one species from Starship Earth out into, um, you know, the, the solar system and beyond. And, and the more we can make that a Jedi space, the more we can influence our own home to be a Jedi space. Because when we're talking about space, space is wherever we are, wherever we're inhabiting it. And, and so if we all work towards this collectively, I mean, think of what the world would be like. We're far from that future, though. I mean, we are making strides. Um, 
is it a little frustrating to to see the the pace of progress when it comes to making the Star Trek crew of, of the future? It is very frustrating because it's always one step forward, you know, and then two steps back. It feels like because again, it's access, it's inclusion, it's you know, we still have to deal with some of the issues from the past that that just um, category. So it, it is frustrating, but again, it's the messaging and, and we need allies. We need people who consciously think about how to make the space around them a Jedi space, particularly um, thought leaders and visionaries and people who are pushing the envelope. Uh, and, and so my goal is to get that on their radar so that now they, when they do um, think about um, settling Mars, they go with it with this kind of Jedi space in mind. Dr. Proctor, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about some of your artwork that you did on orbit. I'm, I'm actually, I can't believe that you've only been doing art for just a few years <laughs> at this point. Some of, some of your stuff is absolutely beautiful. Um, tell me what it was like, you know, uh, creating art from that incredible space that must have been inside the Dragon Capsule on orbit. You know, that was one of the biggest challenges. And so I love the fact that SpaceX was like, we can figure this out. They helped me get my watercolors all set up. And and then also I brought markers with me. And the first thing that I drew was a dragon. It happens to be the one thing that I've drawn consistently my whole life as a kid. And so I, I first did that to just see, you know, what was it going to be like to be kind of floating and be able to draw this. But, you know, anybody that does art knows that it takes time to do it. And so even though we have this cupola with this beautiful view of the earth, you're, you're circulating, you're going, you're orbiting every 90 minutes. And so that means you get a, a sunrise and a sunset every 45 minutes. And it's just not realistic to be up there to, and trying to draw and paint because it takes hours to draw and paint. So I kind of like had to figure out a place where I could hunker myself down and, and wedge myself in because every time you move, you know, that energy causes equal and opposite um, force and, and place where I could, you know, put all my material out and draw and paint and not be disturbed. And and I'm really lucky that, you know, SpaceX and my crew members just, they, they knew this was a prior, priority, so they gave me the space to do it. And, and that was, it, it, it was a fantastic experience. I was a little worried. I'm like, will this work? But because of the way the watercolor pens now come where you can preload them with water, SpaceX made sure that I had all my pens loaded. And then they had all of my art and stuff. We had uh, Velcro. So it was all stuck into a container. So nothing would float away. Although I did lose one of my caps to one of my paintbrushes. (laughs) Well, and this is really funny because you got to be careful because something like that can float away and then it gets lodged in the place like where the forward hatch closes. And if it gets caught in something like that, a mechanical piece, it could cause damage and then you're, you could be in trouble. But luckily it circulated over to Haley and she grabbed it and gave it back to me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I hate to say this, Dr. Proctor, but you are not the first uh, on orbit watercolor painter I've actually talked to on this show. (laughs) Um, Nicole Scott. Nicole Scott, yeah. Have you had had a chance to to chat with her about the art maybe before or or after? Oh, yeah. She was my inspiration. I love Nicole. And so I was, and I I used her as an example with SpaceX when they were a little leery about me taking art, you know, paint to into the capsule. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not the first Nicole Stott. And I had to show them and they're like, okay, we can figure this out. 
And yeah, so, from, a, from an engineering standpoint, that sounds kind of terrifying, right? This this uh, artist wants to bring a bunch of paint. <laughs> it does because it's just cap. getting all over. You know, will the the paint hold if there's vibrations? You know, you just don't want what they call foreign object debris or FOD floating all over the place. Was your inspiration? You, you said because because there were sunset and sunrises every forty five minutes and an orbit around the Earth every ninety minutes. Was your inspiration more about? the experience or the the overall view that you were getting as opposed to looking and saying, I'm going to paint this one island or this one mountain range? No, I think it was more, I came in with an idea of what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to do an Afrogaia because we we're going to have the earth. I wanted to feel comfortable doing it. Um, you know, and, and there's an, a video of me that I shot um, of the process and and I just kind of drew from hand, um, thinking of kind of features that I was already familiar with because I was already stressed out. I didn't want to add on another layer of messing this up. <laughs> Along with these art supplies, uh, you took some NFTs to space. Uh, first of all, um, please explain what they are because I'm still trying to wrap my head around them. <laughs> Tell me a bit about some of the ones that you brought with you. Yeah, an NFT is a non-fungible token, and basically, it's a it's a way of putting art, um, digital art, on the blockchain so that you can uh, establish ownership and also potentially make royalties from it. And so, going to space for the three days up in orbit, one of the things that we did is we did an NFT fundraiser for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where we had artists that donated one of one pieces to the campaign. And um, and then they sold and on auction for we raised over four hundred thousand dollars for St. Jude for the three days that I was in space. And that was when I I sold my first ever digital art piece um, that was an NFT. And and then I also took some NFTs to space. And so um, there's a I'm working with a group out of L.A. and called Subtractive and they, we have NFT going to space dot com. And I have Seeker, one of my most famous pieces, is available as an NFT right now. Um, it's so good. And, and I just love the fact that artists are able to go into the digital space now and really kind of like put themselves out there and not have to worry about their material being ripped off or not getting the, the credit and recognition that they deserve. I was going to ask you that with, with this kind of um, decentralized platform, does this make a, a Jedi space for, for art? It makes it more equitable and, and more accessible to more people? It absolutely makes it more of a Jedi space because access, the, the barrier to entry is a lot lower. You know, you can um, get a small community together and you can put your art out there and, and, and promote it and have people pick it up. And, and before you needed, you know, a, an establishment, you needed galleries, you needed all of these other things. And so it's, it's just another way of enabling people, empowering people to be able to take control of their own um, creativity. And it seems to be embraced by the science community. I see a lot of, you know, scientists or engineers creating these NFTs. Um, I wonder if there's some connection there. 
Well, I think there, you know, what's fun about the digital or the the uh, metaverse is that um, there is a technical side to it, and so being able to understand that technical side uh, and meld it with the creative side, and so you're seeing teams come together that are are really fun and interesting because you have artists that may not know the coding, but then you have these engineers and coders coming together, and then what I love about it is that you can actually do projects for good, where you know I I've been talking to a lot of people about ocean and ocean cleanup and plastics and stuff like that and how you can create a community that will come together and um, through art um, be able to raise money for causes that matter most to us in society. Our conversation with Inspiration 4's Dr. Cyan Proctor continues after the break. Are We There Yet is back in a minute. You're listening to Are We There Yet? Here on WMFE, America's Space Station. I'm Brendan Byrne. We're speaking with Inspiration 4's Dr. Cyan Proctor about her time on SpaceX's Inspiration 4 mission and bridging the gap between science and art. Our conversation continues. We talked a bit about your art, um, but you also did some poetry while up there. Where did, you, where did the inspiration from the poetry come from? Have you always been a poet? No, I haven't always been a poet, but I will say the first time that I ever really tried poetry, I was living in a Mars simulation for four months investigating food strategies for a long-duration space flight. And that was when NASA was renting the high seas habitat back in 2013. And so I was in there for four months and I thought, well, I need a challenge while I'm here. Why not learn different forms of poetry? And so I did it while I was there and then I kind of like dropped it and never picked it up again. And so COVID... It seems to be when I'm in very stressful situations where you're like enclosed for long periods of time that I become very creative. And, and but I found my authentic voice through poetry. And and what I love to do is create a piece of art and then follow it up with words that express what it is that I'm feeling um, through that art piece. So they really go together, my, my art and my poetry. This creative journey is chronicled in in your new book, Space to Inspire: The Art of Inspiration. And within it, there's there's some some wonderful images and some poetry. And I'm wondering if you might, because this is a radio format, <laughs> if if you might be able to share some of your poetry uh, with us. Yeah, you know, I think one of the ones that I would love to read is my winning poem. So for those of you that are listening. I actually won my seat to space through a Twitter contest. Um, I won the prosperity seat where you had to show your entrepreneurial spirit um, by opening up a shift for shop and offering a service or a product. And so I did that with my art. But then you had to create a two minute and 20 second video saying why they should send you to space. And, And I wrote this original poem called Space to Inspire. You've got space. I've got space. We all have space to inspire. That's why we dream of going higher and higher. But what is space if you can't breathe? Let's stop sucking out the air of our humanity. We have a moment to seize the light. Earth from space, both day and night. We have J for justice to ignite the bold. We have E for equity 
to cut past the old. We have D for diversity to end the fight. We have I for inclusion to try to make it right. A Jedi space to rally behind. A universal force so big it binds. Inspiration to change the world. A new beginning for us to hold. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about space to inspire for all of humanity. Science, technology, engineering, and math sending us out on the explorer's path. But don't forget the arts, the heartbeat of time. Consider sending a poet who knows how to rhyme. So let us drop the mic and close the capsule door. But please make sure Dr. Proctor is on board. My space to inspire is what we need. Inspiration for, for all of humanity. That was beautiful, Dr. Proctor. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And so <laughs> that got me to space. An <laughs> <laughs> incredibly powerful poem. In it, you talk about the space to inspire and some of the things that you outlined that you wanted this mission to accomplish, whether it was you on board or not. Um, and that was, that's a big goal. Um, do you think that that through Inspiration4, you met those goals that, that you set yourself to make. Did you create inspiration in, in this space? I think we did. Our entire mission did. You know, it was a $200 million fundraiser for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And, and we exceeded that. Um, we're up to almost $250 million. And, you know, a lot of people around the world um, were captivated by what we were doing and this idea that that could be them that they could one day um, go to space uh, because they don't necessarily have to be perfect. You don't have to fit into that box we had created um, for through NASA and other space agencies. Now there's opportunity for regular citizens to go, but also, you know, and contribute in a meaningful way. And so I, I, I think we opened the door a little bit, but we still need to kick it down and, and, uh, allow for more access and diversity um, and inclusion and really that Jedi space. Um, But the thing that I think I want people to understand is that when I talk about space to inspire, it's not about outer space. Yeah, that's great to go out there. But space to inspire is about the space around you. It's your space. It's your unique space that you inhabit every day. It's the space that you take with you your entire life, everywhere you go. It it carries you. It carries your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations, your talents, your strengths, all of those things. And if you can take your unique space to inspire and make it a Jedi space, a just, equitable, diverse, inclusive space, then our world would be amazing. And so that's what I come home with and and the message I want to spread is that we all have the opportunity to make our space to inspire a Jedi space. You had that incredible opportunity with Inspiration4. You did share that that experience with the rest of us down here on Earth. Would you go back? Are there plans to go back? Do you miss it? Oh, my goodness. I would love to go back. Three days wasn't enough. You know, at least five days. You're going to go up there, go for five. That's my recommendation. Um, but I don't have to go back. I I'm, I'm feel so grateful that I got to go because it was a dream. And and that dream manifested. And, and so I want other people to have that experience too. But boy, I would not turn it down if I got the opportunity to go again. 
uh, you know, Elon, if you're listening, I'll go to the moon, Mars, wherever. <laughs> First of all, if you do get that opportunity and you need to bring a journalist with you, um, you know how to contact me. But um, who have you spoken to anyone uh, since you're, you've returned um, that have taken what you've uh, kind of taught about this, this, this space for Jedis and, and, and really any stories of inspiration that really stuck out to you that, that, you know, these folks have shared with you? Well, you know, a lot of it is just that, uh, you know, people come up to me and say how um, my experience or, or something that I've done has transformed their lives. Uh, you know, it, it, I get letters, I get um, drawings from kids. I just get, you know, really cool snippets into their lives about how, you know, they might have been on one trajectory and moved over to another one as a result of this. I just met a girl the other day who was at my book signing, my first official book signing, and she's like, you don't remember me, but, you know, I, I saw you talk um, four years ago, and you changed the complete direction of my life. You know, I was an, uh, I, I'm a, she was an artist, a graphic artist and designer, she's, and she's like, but always loved science, and it's kind of the opposite of me, and I encouraged her to go get an astrophysics degree, and she's in her final year of finishing that up. And she's like, yeah, she's like, you transformed my life. And I'm like, that's so fantastic to hear. Did you ever expect that your life would be on this trajectory? You, you pick up some art supplies at the start of the pandemic in, in 2020. And next thing you know, you're in space for three days. I had no idea that this was going to be my trajectory. and But that's what makes life exciting is that there's a lot of zigs and zags. And as long as you keep moving forward and you keep, uh, you know, um, trying to stay positive and, and have that resilience and tenacity and determination, you know, wonderful, amazing things can happen. And you, but you got to be, you know, open to the opportunities and, and going for them and putting your name out there and, I, you know, I could have easily said they'll never pick me, but they won't pick you if you don't put your name out there and, and apply. And so you got to you got to take that risk. Uh, the book is Space to Inspire, the Art of Inspiration. Can you give us uh, kind of a, a sense of, of what we can expect from from uh, the book? Yeah. So the book is available on Amazon and it's, um, you know, it has, uh, it follows my journey from my collage art in the beginning all the way through, um, my different forms and into space and the stuff that I created that is particularly related to my inspiration for mission. And it's filled with augmented reality. So with a free app that you can download, you can hear me reading the poems to you. Um, with some animation and stuff. So uh, I'm really proud of the book because I self-published it. Thank you uh, for sharing. Um, we've been speaking with Dr. Cyan Proctor. She is a geologist, teacher, and most recently the pilot of SpaceX's Inspiration4 mission. Uh, the new book is Space to Inspire, the Art of Inspiration. Dr. Proctor, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was Inspiration4's Dr. Cyan Proctor. Be sure to subscribe to the show's podcast feed. Get it on NPR One, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, or visit wmfe.org slash Are We There Yet? Are We There Yet? is a production of WMFE, America's Space Station. Editorial guidance this week from LaToya Dennis. Production assistance this week from our intern, Beatrice Oliveira. Support for Are We There Yet? comes from our listeners and until next week i'm brendan byrne thanks for listening